Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines uh, with myself Gary Middleton and special guest today Jack Rolfe, founder of the Coaching Lab uh, and we're going to look at uh, engaging our players through the match play cards today. Hi Jack, thanks for joining us today. Gary, thanks so much, thanks for having me. Jack, can you just explain to everyone listening listening in uh, your role at the coaching lab, uh, how we came about this concept, and what are the match play cards? Yeah, awesome. So it started five years ago, November um, 2018, as, uh, as a byproduct of a university dissertation I was in the middle of around how do coaches develop psychological skills in players. So how they develop confidence, decision-making, communication, reflection, all these kind of core skills that we often talk about as coaches, but a lot of time forget, and maybe often have a bit of a knowledge gap um, in our in our um, environments to understand how to best develop those in players. We also know that coaches are incredibly short on time and they're always balancing templates at a time to you know, get sessions prepared. And we also know that coaching is really hard. It's mixed ability. Um, every kid is asking to play a game, but you want to get a little bit of technical in there. You want to do your thing, but players are wanting their thing as well. So we designed a set of multi-sport team and player challenge cards to save coaches time, um, to help players um, engage in the game, to think about their decision-making, to work with their teammates, to support coaches, to really put the game at the centre and when they play in the game at training, it might be 5v5, 4v4, whatever that game looks like, we're actually getting more out of that game. So we've looked at some passing, we've looked at something defensive maybe, for example, and that's great. But when we go to play our games in training, how can we get a little bit more out of those games and really engage players to be great decision makers and really adaptive if we're looking um, to prepare players to play the game, which ultimately every single coach is looking for players to be the best version of themselves come the weekend. Yeah, Jack, at all levels, we as coaches, we, we go to along to our sessions and the kids are asking to play games. Say that again, sorry, Gary. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry Jack. Well, we go along to our sessions uh, in, 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 in all environments and kids are wanting to play games, small-sided games. Mm, definitely. And that's probably it's an indicator of what they grew up watching, right? So they've watched watched the game on TV, they played a game in the backyard, and then they go to training and the coach is telling them to run around cones. They've never watched running around cones in the Premier League. They've never run around cones in their back garden. And then suddenly they've they've gone from playing and watching play to going to an environment and being dictated and being told exactly what to do, which is often the opposite of what kids or how kids got involved in sport, but also how kids uh, best learn. It's, it's the reverse of that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, this is one of my beliefs. I think as coaches, we can use small-sided games better to develop our players, especially in the environment in the northeast where where, where we live with the inclement weather uh, that we're up against and have to battle against on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday so I suppose my question to you is, um, around small-sided games, how can these cards help coaches to support player development? 
100%. I'll also add at the start, but um, I guarantee to coaches, I put my house on it, that if you play more games, you're going to have players arrive on time. If you start every single session with 10 minutes of play, I guarantee your players will arrive on time or try their best to. They'll run from the car to get there. You'll also see players um, over time have better decision making. You'll also see players collaborate better. And I think the biggest thing is when the cards come into this, the game will always be the best form of feedback. And actually, the more we play games, the, the better feedback we're going to get as coaches. And if I look at that, then in the context of using our match, our match play cards, it's around choosing a couple of cards every session to um, focus on some individuals. I know Middlesbrough use our match play cards in the foundation phase. And um, when Phil Shedd was there at the time, talking about spotlight players and choosing a couple of players, individual challenges. So mixed ability groups, how can we challenge a couple of individuals with some secret challenges and using the cards to do that. In the wider team-based stuff, it might be we've looked at a certain principle, we've looked at a certain element of the game, and then it's saying, all right, well, Gary, your team's going to have this card, and Jack, your team's going to have this card. And as coaches, we might decide to keep that secret from team to team, or we might make that known. But adding those team challenges in to what I would call a game within a game. So we're not just playing a game, we're actually playing a game that has some incentive in there um, and some engagement and you know, check and challenge the prior learning of the boys and the girls that we've got in front of us. Yeah, Jack, how can coaches coach through games? What are the skills a coach should be using? I think what you don't say is often more powerful than what you do say. Yeah. The job of a coach is to notice. It's to take time to notice. Um, and if I look at coaching through games, it's probably not standing in the same position. If I always stand on the sideline, I'm always going to see the people that run past me on the side. But I'm never going to see the people in the middle or the people on the far side of me from the sideline. Um, you know, I'd look at other sports. I spent a bit of time with uh, with England rugby watching Eddie Jones and when he was coaching Australia as well. And to me, he's one of the best coaches at coaching free games. You know, there's two balls in his hand ready. So when one ball goes out, the next ball is in play. He's really in the, the thick of the action. So he's giving feedback to players immediately. Um, if they've done something well, he's telling them. He's coaching on the run rather than coaching you know, away from them and then telling them what, what after. So very much leading with questions, very much leading and coaching in the game. But what you don't say as a coach is often and probably always will be what more powerful. You know, So your body language is really, really important. Where you stand is really important. Um, what players you're speaking to. So, Gary, I might give you some individual feedback and I actually want you to go give that feedback to someone else on your team. So it's not always coming from the coach. So I'm having a real understanding about why I'm doing what I'm doing. There's a real intent around why I do what I do um, as well. But I'm always taking notice of the game. I also believe that it's not a mistake until it happens three times. Yeah. So often as coaches, we see a mistake and we think we must jump on it. We're actually... It's not a mistake until it happens three, four times. The first time might be a technical execution. The second time might be just a poor decision. The third time might be a poor ball feed, whatever that might be. Um, but if that same mistake is happening four times, five times, I would then intervene and have that conversation with the player. But, you know, I'm not going to stop a game and freeze a game if I'm just seeing one mistake. I've got to see that mistake a few times before I, I really pause the game and then interact. 
Yeah, Jack, we'll, we'll talk about having having more players that can solve problems in games. Um, but I suppose that needs to happen on a training training night uh, for players to feel more confident of then carrying out that problem solving and solving problems on a match day. How do the cards support One. that development? Yeah, so two things. One, you play how you train. So if you train around cones, you're definitely going to go on the weekend and look like you're running around cones. So you definitely play how you train. I really buy into that. Um, you're only as good as the problems you set. So if you never set any problems to solve in training on the, on the, the midweek, you're never going to be any good at solving problems come the weekend. You know, so some simple examples around the match play cards. So I use Rangers, for example. They use our cards in the foundation phase. And they play a small-sided game, and every three or four minutes, they change the card that's in play. So a goal scored, new card goes in. Every three minutes, a new card is then played. That card is a team challenge card. So it might be, for example, the value of the goal is worth the amount of players involved. It might be you've got to have your whole team in the attacking half to score. It might be you've only got five passes to get a goal away. So to encourage a bit of risk versus reward. Um, if I look at um, Liverpool, so they use our cards in the under-18s. They do a lot of stuff around communication. So I might give a card to you, Gary, um, but you're the only person that can talk on your team. And I might rotate that um, every five minutes or so to play. If I look at some other examples, um, if I look at Crystal Palace, they use our cards in both the community department and in the foundation phase. And they would do a lot of stuff around, OK, well, we're going to play a game of two halves. So every half that we play, we're going to add a new challenge card in, but we're not going to tell the other team what we've got. Um, I might give the boys and the girls some choice over what it is. So choice is really, really important as a coach. Um, let's say we play three lots of five minutes and every five minutes, the kids get to choose what card goes in play, but they can't choose the same card twice. So as a coach, I would choose three cards, three cards that relate to the theme and the focus of the session, which is important. And then it's down to the kids to decide what challenge card and in what order they're going to play those challenges in. Yeah, and I think giving ownership to the kids is so powerful, Jack. Um, I think you touched on it a little bit there. That's going to naturally come out with these match play cards because they're making decisions um, with the cards that they're using, but obviously on the, on the training pitch as well. 100%, I think, um, or I know, people want two things. They want choice over what they do and they want challenge. Environments that don't have choice and environments that don't have challenge are probably not great environments for learning. You've got to have both in there. And if, yeah. if I look at choice with the match play cards, it might be we choose some cards and the kids think they're getting all the choice in the world. They're not because we've chosen five cards that relate to the focus, but we're giving them and limiting them to some choice. Um, and we also know that when they choose a card and when they choose their challenge, they're going to feel empowered to actually go and take that on. Um, the interesting thing is, so Rugby Australia use our cards on the women's side. And the interesting thing the coach said to me is, he said, Jacko, they don't say the players' responses are very different. So I could easily say verbally what's on the card. But the fact that I'm effectively trans visually transferring my responsibility in a card from my hand to their hand is so so powerful you will see things you've never seen before that communication element that team huddle that problem solving uh, you will see things you haven't seen before with the cards 
Yeah, I think a challenge for us as coaches as well as engaging the players uh, or certain players within your group that may be more challenging that need that little bit more engagement on, and how do you do that? Um, match play cards, take that straight away, Jack. Yeah, how would I? Yeah, too right. Um, you know, I encourage every coach when they get them is to almost lay them on their table and, and think of the hardest kid to coach. Um, you know, it might be the kid that talks too much. It might be the kid that stands at the back, doesn't do anything. It might be the one that's involved in some sort of pre-academy and they're a little bit better and a little bit more progressed than the others. And it's around then, all right, let's choose some cards and choose some challenges to support those individuals. I may even invite the players to pick some of those cards when they arrive at a session. And, and um, I know Rangers do this and, and Reading, another Cat One Academy using the cards, that they actually give the boys their cards for a period of time. So they say, okay, boys, you've got this card for four weeks, five weeks. And that just them their own individual challenge. It goes in their boot bag, goes in their, their socks sometimes on a game day to reinforce, you know, some of those behaviours that we're looking for. Does it support mixability groups, Jack? And how does it do that? One, yeah, 100%. If you think of mixed ability groups, it's, you know, the kid, like I said earlier, that's standing still. It's the ones that are accelerated in their learning already. And I think the really interesting part around the cards is I can give some secret challenges to maybe those that are really struggling in the group, but I haven't got to embarrass them or present them in front of the rest of the group. You know, so I see Gary, you're standing on the wing. You, you haven't touched the ball for five minutes. And yeah, I'm thinking, OK, there's, there's something here that I need to support. You know, so I might go and give you an individual card in the game and in the small side of game, but I'm not going to tell the others. And then at the end of the game, I might say to your teammate, what did you notice about Gary? If you did it really well, if you struggled with it, I might then go and have that conversation with you individually. But that ability to set some individual challenges in a mixed ability group, I guess the other element is not using score as the only form of feedback. So not using one nil, two nil as the only form of feedback, um, you know, and actually using some different bonus points in there to really get the, the ultimate feedback out of the game. Yeah, interesting, Jack. Jack, you've, you've sort of, you've mentioned uh, some professional clubs that are using match play cards. Um, I mean, I, I, I see this as a really useful resource for grassroots Um what other clubs have been using them and, and, and I suppose reasons why that, that, that they're using them? So, yeah, definitely we, we have some top clubs and we definitely have grassroots clubs and that's where it began. And grassroots are exactly the same as those top elite academies. The game is exactly the same. There's no difference. The goal's at one end, there's a goal at another end. Um, they have exactly the same challenges. Coaches are short of time. Coaches are dealing with mixed ability groups. Um, and why do coaches get involved? Because uh, they want to get better as coaches. They see themselves probably lacking a bit of time in their delivery. They find it maybe hard to engage that mixed ability group. They probably actually sometimes really want to engage the whole group in a very different way. You know, so having a different stimulus. So the coach is only one stimulus, but now this is a tool um, in that toolbox for a coach to say, all right, I've got 10 minutes here to plan a session or I'm seeing something in a game. I'm going to choose a couple of challenge cards here to really bring that to life. I also know on a game day, um, I know that if coaches 
use them on a game day, they're probably going to link it back to what they've done in training, which I think is really powerful. So you've looked yeah. at playing yeah. out the back in training or you've looked at some sort of team defence and Arsenal do this uh, and Watford do and then putting some cards in different areas and different positions on that tactics board and saying to the boys and the girls, all right, well, if we're in this position, here's a challenge for you. This is how we're going to play. And again, involving the parents in that and sharing that with the parents around how that's going to work. Feedback, Jack, over the last five years, what sort of feedback have you had? Yeah, we've had some pretty cool feedback, I guess. The ultimate feedback is the amazing places they've been to um, and some of those amazing coaches that have used them. We've had uh, yeah, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, um, Southampton, all incredible uh, places that are great at developing young people and young players to be successful and future-proof which is a testament to the cards. We get a lot of feedback from the coaches is that they'd never see things, they've never seen what they see in players before. You know, they've seen the quiet mm. kids have that conversation and talk. They've seen the loud kid that, that would be often maybe categorised as arrogant and, and not pass, suddenly pass. Um, and seeing players in a very different light and a different position um, on the field because the players don't think it's the coach telling them what to do. They think the, the cards are telling them what mm. to do. Um, if I look at the coach, you know, there's lots of stuff around um, you know, time on planning has cut down massively. Uh, the ability to engage one, engage one individual rather than engage the whole team at times. Um, other stuff around, all right, if we're going to play five aside at training, that's great. But actually, can we get a little bit more out of that game? You know, how can we challenge them to get even more and recall that information? Really interesting, Jack. Yeah, I think it's a really uh, interesting resource. Um, it's part of the coach development resource. Anyone listening in today, Jack, that's interested, where to go for these? Yeah, so head to the coachinglab.org, put that into Google or on any social media and you'll find our page. Um, and there's also a discount code in the bottom of this uh, podcast link that I'll pass to you, Gary, as well, that you can add in. And we always say to clubs as well, um, if you're buying 10 sets of cards for the club, we'll come and you know, support the coaches with some you know, online development to help them get the most out of it. And also share our small-sided games resource to you know, have a season's worth of small-sided games to play with match play cards. Jack, I just missed that, that first link. When you came in there, did you just want to repeat that just in case we miss it off the recording? Yeah, so I'll put a discount code, Gary, at the bottom of um, the, the uh, podcast and we'll just, uh, you know, FA5 and then you get £5 off your order um, of match play cards. And uh, any club that gets, you know, 10, 15 sets of cards, we're more than happy to come and support them um, and help them get the most out of them with some online support for their coaches, but also share our small-sided games resource, which is a season's worth of small-sided games to play with match play cards. Brilliant, Jack. It's been it's been terrific having you on from the sidelines all the way from Australia today. <laughs> um, yeah, amazing. Um, and thanks very much for sharing, sharing your concept around the match play cards with the uh, coaching lab. Thanks so much, Gary. And hopefully in person, Come 2024, we'll get up to the northeast and uh, I'll brave the cold and get onto the grass. Absolutely, we'll look forward to that, Jack. Look forward to that. Thank you very much. Well done, mate.